0: You know the band really likes a song when they just keep playing it over and over. Didn't want to end it, and y'all must really like each other because y'all won't shut up and sit down. Uh huh. Have you ever gone to church with people you didn't like? Just say uh huh. Hey, really cool announcement. All right, we have people uh, that have been with with us, the Hills, for our. Uh, been, some have been from the beginning, and some when we were when we were smaller. And uh, they're always asking this question: When are we going to have another social again? Because we used to have these big socials, like big fun thing. Have you ever been a part of one of our socials? We have fun, don't we? Yeah. So on Memorial Day, Gwen said, "Yes, we do." Gwen said it. All right, on Memorial Day weekend, so the Sunday before Memorial Day. We are going to be two things are going to be happening. One, we're having one service at ten thirty. One service. We're renting chairs. We're going to have chairs all over the place. It's going to be a lot of fun. Okay, so one service, ten thirty, the one you're at right now, ten thirty, and then following that ten thirty service, we're going to have a big old honkin' hill social. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I know some of you are out of town, uh, but those of you who are going to be in town, come on, invite some friends. We'll we'll, we'll fire up some extra uh, grills, and we'll get it going. It's going to be a really fun time. You're going to get to meet people, hang out, and you're going to meet some people you don't even know went to the hills because they go to another service. It's going to be really cool. So 1030 Memorial Day. Everybody say one service. One service. And then everybody say Big Honkin' Hill Social. Honkin Hill Social. Yeah, I like the word honkin'. We're in a uh, message theme called The Kingdom. For those of you, it's your first Sunday with us. I want to give a shout out to my man, Stu. Glad Stu is here. So we met Stu at the gym <coughs> where we were working out, just so you know that. Well, actually, what's really funny is my first day working out with Kristen hired us a trainer, and I'm sure y'all can start tell, right? You can tell that I've been working out. Uh, if you don't have to, if you can't tell, don't worry, I'm going to tell you, all right? So you don't have to worry about it. Uh, first day, we were walking through the uh, the gym, and Stu looks at our trainer and goes, man, you're looking swole like this. And I looked at Stu and says, thanks, man, my first day, but I'm working on it right there. <laughs> and St- I knew I liked Stu for the first time, and we connected. Remember, glad you're here, man. Thank you. I will give Stu a great big welcome today. Glad you're here, man. <clears throat> so those of you that it is your first time, uh, I want to embarrass you like I did Stu, but we I, I want to just tell you, we've been in this series called The Kingdom, and i uh, been in it for several weeks, and we're going to continue on for a little while as well. Uh, I want to give you just, if you haven't been here, I'd recommend you go to our website and uh, listen to those messages, especially the last three or four that will catch you up to where we are. Here's what we've learned so far, what we've learned so far, is that the kingdom of heaven is different than the kingdom of earth, right? You and I are born into the kingdom of earth. We live according to the culture of that kingdom, which is about the laws, the languages, and the currency. Every kingdom has their own culture. And so when you are saved, God takes you from one kingdom and transfers you to another kingdom. You become a citizen of the kingdom of heaven. But He doesn't leave you there. He then takes you and places you back into the kingdom He just rescued you from. But now, you're not just a citizen. You are an ambassador. Everybody say ambassador. Yes. I'm an ambassador. Do you feel diplomatic today? <laughs> I feel a little regal. Like I'm an, I am an ambassador. Look at what the scripture says in Colossians 3.17. This is what an ambassador does. And whatever you do or say, do it. As a representative of the Lord Jesus, giving thanks through him to God the Father. As an ambassador of the kingdom of heaven, you are a representative of the culture of heaven, the laws of heaven, the language of heaven, the currency of heaven uh i've spent a couple of weeks talking about the language of heaven i'm going to try to wrap that up this week because i want to get to the currency part isn't it fitting that i spent two or three three weeks or so on the language of heaven because how many would agree god needs to work on our mouth amen with a f everybody say mouth god needs to work now okay look at your neighbor say god needs to work on your mouth and tell them Gwen, you got two of them telling you at the same time. <laughs> Gwen heard it in stereo, amen? Those of you who don't know our story, you have to meet Gwen afterwards and you'll know what we're talking about, all right? The language of the kingdom of heaven. There are. Uh, there are I believe there are, what, I'm, what we're touching on, are, there's seven of them that we're touching on, the dialects, I would say, of the language. And we've covered five of them. The language of heaven is truth, the language of heaven is love. Don't speak truth without love, right? But you can't just have all grace. There's got to be some truth attached to it as well. The language of heaven is truth. The language of heaven is love. The language of heaven is honor. That's why we believe in being a church that speaks honor. We brag on people. We, we talk about what's going on. Uh, the language of heaven is life. Speaking life-giving words. And then the language of heaven is faith. You may be walking through some mess right now, but the language of heaven looks above that and speaks faith. That's what faith is. It's looking above. It's lifting your eyes and focus. And we learned that last week that faith is really all about focus. What are you focusing on? And then once you see that, then you start speaking that. Today, I want to hit two more. The language of heaven is agreement. The language of heaven is agreement. Jesus gives us a glimpse of this when he prayed a prayer in John 17. It's on the screens behind me. John 17, he said, I pray that they all will be one just as you and I are one, as you are in me, Father, and I am in you. And may they be in us so that the world will believe you sent me the culture of heaven is all about agreement our oneness if you really want to know it's about oneness oneness is big is a lot different than just agreement and just unity god is really after oneness and that's what he wants in your relationships with him and your relationships with one another and in your marriages god is not after you just getting through 25 years without beating each other up it's about through the process of time, becoming more and more one. That is what the goal of God is. As a matter of fact, it says in Deuteronomy 6 and 4, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. The Godhead, when we talk about the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, they're one. They are in agreement. Everybody say, Agreement. Look at what Genesis says when God got ready to create man. Genesis 1 and 26. Then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. Oneness. Let us make them that way. Our goal in all of our relationships should be to be in agreement, to be united, to be one. Agreement, united, one. Every relationship. All of it, working on that. That should be the goal because that's how God created us. He did not create us to be disagreeable people. He created us to be agreeable. But how many of you, when you do a, when you do a survey of your life, find more disagreement than you do agreement? Raise your hand. Come on, four honest people. That is so good. Thank you all for being here today. Because that's our, that's the, that's what the, the culture of earth does. It's all about disagreement and disunity and dysfunction. But the culture of heaven is agreement. It's oneness. It's a language of agreement. Let us. Should I say let us? That's a powerful what we just read a moment ago. I want you to write this down. When we talk about the kingdom, we talk about collaboration. So kingdom equals collaboration. Let Us, let us make man in our image. It's not about one person. It's not about one idea. This is the way we're going to do it. And if we don't do it my way, then I'm not a part of it. I'm taking my ball and going home, okay? That is not how the kingdom works. The kingdom works through collaboration. Let me tell you something. If you can fulfill the dream in your life, then your dream is not a God dream. If you can fulfill the vision for your life, then I can tell you, you need a bigger vision. Because anytime God is connected with something, there's always collaboration. Because He knows you have something that this person needs, and that person has something that you need. Collaboration. If God says, let us, I think that you and I should probably start getting a little more let us into our language. If you are a self-made man or woman, that's a lonely life. If you do everything on your own, you can make it, you can roll with it, you don't need anybody else, that is such a lonely life. The kingdom is all about collaboration. Finding something that, well, I don't know how to do this, but that's what's great because I may be a mouth, but I need a hand and then connecting it was incredible to me uh, uh, about 5 or 6 weeks ago uh, about 10 years ago let me well that's a big difference 5 or 6 weeks or 10 years All right The other day I was, wait, that wasn't me. Okay, hold on, let's roll back into this. About 10 years ago, God gave me a vision uh, for uh, a venue, when God gave us a venue. This is before I pastored, we're pastoring a church, and I always felt like, man, what if we could do this with a building, when God gives us a building, which by the way, God has given us a building, I'm thankful for. And so... just just thinking that what could it be? And and we I had this idea and began to talk about it and, and a couple of years ago I actually showed you all the napkin, those of you with us, of what a venue could look like. What could we actually do with this space? Just talked about it a lot, talked about it. Well about five or six weeks ago there was a, a a gentleman and his wife that came for the very first time and I shook their hand and started talking. I said, So what do you do? And he said, Well, I've just started this business and, and what is that business? And he started telling me The vision that God had given me. But all I had was a vision. This man was doing it. (laughs) Put his money where his mouth was and started doing it. And I sat there and began to think, see, that's what collaboration is all about. You may not have the smarts, you may have the money. Right? You may not have the personality, but you know how to get your hands dirty tracking with me right now? And the money people are like, wait a minute, did he just call me dumb? No, didn't call you dumb <laughs> by any means at all. Language of heaven is about agreement. The kingdom runs off of collaboration. Get with people, work with people. I would also say this, the kingdom is about compatibility. Compatibility. That means this. I'm going to give up some things for you. You give up some things for me. I'm going to take on some things for you. You take on some things for me. That will help your marriage right there as well. We met with a couple this week, two couples this week, uh, that are getting married. And that was some of my words to them. You want to know what true love is? With a chuck You know what true love is? Light the candles. This is very romantic. Compatibility. That's true love. Being willing to take on some things that she likes. Being willing to stop some things that she doesn't like. Oh. Light some candles, get some music, and stop doing that dumb thing that you do all the time. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> Come on. Can I get amen? That's gonna help somebody's marriage right there. Amen. <laughs> You know, Kristen and I, in our relationship, she's usually the one that's always uh, instigating things, or initiating, I should say. Initiating, better than instigating. <laughs> yeah, <you're> terrible. <sighs> She is a great, uh, initiator. She really is. And so she initiates conversations. Well, uh, I, I was an initiator not long ago. We were riding down the road and I had this idea. I felt like it was a God idea. And you know, it was a God idea because it was a good idea with me, you know? And I said, I said, uh, what if we did this? And so we did something. And I've, I've talked to a, a several couples in our church and, I've encouraged them to do this as well, and they've had great results. And this is what happened. I said, "I want you're going to do this exercise. I want you to tell me five things that you like and love about me, and I'm going to do the same for you. And then I want you to tell me five things that you wish I would not do, that you don't like when I do that, or you wish I would improve them. And... We did it, and it was the most glorious, beautiful thing. We've been married for 25 years in July, and I did not know I did some of those things. <laughs> Why didn't you tell me? She said, you never gave me permission. <laughs> I would encourage you to do that. Now, the only way you can do that is you can't go in defensively, okay? You have to go in going, hey, this is open. We're going we're to make this thing work. I want to learn. I've even done this with our staff, with our team. I asked them, how could I be a better uh, employer? How could I be a better boss? And it was amazing to watch the feedback. And I became, I think, a better person because of that. Everybody say compatibility. Give up some things. There, there are some of you that... Paul said this. Paul said, there's some things that that offends you that don't offend me. Right. Like you think it's a sin. Paul says, I don't think it's a sin. But because I want to be compatible, I'm not going to do that around you. Mm-hmm, preaching this morning. Yes. So what may be an issue for you is not an issue for me. So but what may be an issue for me may not bother you. So how about we just say, hey, I'm going to be compatible and not make this a big deal, all right? Kingdom is about agreement. When you and I are in agreement, miracles happen. And that's why I want us to get this. If we can get this concept of agreement, then we start seeing miracles happen in our life. Matthew 18 and 19 says this. I also tell you this. If two of you... Agree Here on earth, remember we're talking about the culture of heaven being represented in the earth. If two of you agree here on earth concerning anything you ask, my Father in heaven will do it for you. For where two or three gather together as my followers, I am there among them. Agreement produces miracles. Matter of fact... On the birthday of the church, in the book of Acts chapter 2, when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord in one place. There's my dad joke, that's not a Honda, okay? Remember that? It's not a Honda. They weren't all in one accord. They were in agreement with one another. Now remember what this means. You got John, who stayed with Jesus the whole time, Never left him. John was at the cross. And in the same room, you got the apostle Peter that said, I don't know that beep man. And they're in a room together for 10 days having to get their stuff worked out. And once that happened, then there comes a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Miracles happen when we are in agreement. You want a miracle in your marriage? Miracle with your children? Find some agreement. I'm going to help you find that in just a minute. Say, thank God. (laughs) Miracles happen when we're in agreement. So the flip side is also true. Miracles might not happen because of our disagreement. If miracles happen because we're in agreement, then miracles might not happen because we're in disagreement. Look at what the Bible says in Matthew five and twenty three. So if you were presenting a sacrifice at the altar in the temple and suddenly remember that someone has something against you, look, look at that. It doesn't say you remember you've got something against someone else. It says Do you remember someone's got something against you. Most of the time we're like, well, that's their problem, okay. He said, no, if you remember they've got an issue with you, leave your sacrifice at the altar, go and be reconciled to that person, then come back and offer your sacrifice to God. Prayers are answered when we are in agreement. And the culture of heaven is agreement. Lucifer got kicked out of heaven because he was not in agreement with the culture of heaven. Agreement. Let's be an agreeable person. Now, how do we do that? Because you come from a different background than I do religious, politically. In this room right now, people that don't even, would not even like each other if we just started talking about politics, you know? Or religion, or where you came from, or race, or we could just go down the line. So, how in the world are we gonna all be in agreement? Some of you are asking that question about your spouse and about your coworkers and about your neighbor. How can I ever get into agreement with one another? How many want to know how? No? Okay. <laughs> By being in agreement with heaven. How can I be in agreement with you? If you're in agreement with heaven and I'm in agreement with heaven, then we're in agreement. I may disagree with you on other things, but because I want to see heaven come to earth, you be in agreement with what heaven says. I'm in agreement with what heaven says. You see how it works? Suddenly we are all in agreement. So how do I do that? By starting your day off with that kind of prayer. Jesus said, when you pray, this is how you should pray. Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. If you and I, that's what prayer is. It's not trying to convince God to fix your stuff or do what you think He thinks, you think you He should do. Prayer is about you and I finding a way to come into alignment or agreement with the will and the kingdom of God. Amen. Start your day that way and then find other people that are praying the same prayer and then I'm in agreement with heaven? You're in agreement with heaven. We're in agreement with each other. And then miracles happen. How many want miracles to happen? The language of heaven is agreement. Secondly, the language of heaven is worship. I've been excited about this one. I wanted to lead off with this one, but I saved it to last. Worship is a part of my life. I've I've been a worshiper and a worship leader for many years. Being a worship leader moved me to Nashville. Uh, it's just been a part of my life, singing it and writing it and doing it. It's just a part of who I am, and and I and I want our church to have that same passion for worship, not because I want it, but because God wants it. Worship. So what we've been trying to do during the series is we've been trying to look at what heaven does and use it as a template. We've been trying to see what heaven is saying and use it. So Isaiah, uh, Isaiah gives us a, a glimpse of heaven uh, when he is ushered into the presence of God. In a vision, he's ushered into the holy place, the holy of holies. And it's where he sees angels and the angels are flying around and the angels are talking a certain way. And this is what he says, Isaiah 6 and 3. And one cried to another and said, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts. The whole earth is full of His glory. The language of heaven is worship. You ever heard people talk about uh, unknown tongues or the tongues of heaven, heavenly, uh, heavenly language? You ever heard that before? And it's in the scripture. It's a gift of the spirit. And, and where you receive a gift, a gift of the spirit is speaking with tongues. And sometimes it's called a heavenly language. Sometimes it's called an unknown language. And, and there are people that will come to us and went back. There was a, a lady after our first service today that said, I've never received that gift. And I looked at her and I said, just like I said in the message, and I'm going to say it to you now. I, every single person in this room can speak a heavenly language. It's called worship. Every single person in this room can speak like an angel. It's called worship. The angels speak worship. That's what they say. You see it in Isaiah, you see it in Revelations. They're just saying, holy, 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 holy. They're continually speaking this because that's the language. Of worship. How many of you want to be a worshiper? I'm gonna see your hand. You wanna be a worshiper. Now, some of you maybe raise your hand because you don't know what I'm getting ready to tell you to do next, okay? I, w- I want to make this very safe for you. I want to help you. There are some of you in this room that you have not been raised where worship was a part of your life, at least the, the worship that we're talking about here. Uh, some of you, maybe you were raised where worship was a part of your life, and you've seen it done in some wacko, crazy ways. And so I, w- I want to build maybe a, uh, some steps to worship to help you have an understanding of how to move Into this, and the best way I know to do it is to look at the layout of the tabernacle. The tabernacle, the layout of the tabernacle. Did y'all find that? I believe you did. So the layout of the tabernacle was like this. I'm gonna start, but I'll start over here because it's over here. All right, there was the gate. All right, and then after you went through the gate, then you moved into the court, and then from the court there was the holy place. And then from the holy place, you went into the holy of holies. Got me? All right? So outside the gate is everybody. And then only the people that had met some certain criteria could move through the gate into the court. And then as you moved into the court, it got smaller. And then the holy place, it gets smaller. And then the holy of holies, it gets even smaller, where only the priests can enter into that place. But that is where worship happens. The Holy place is where worship happens. So let me help you. Psalm says this, 100. Psalms 100, bring it up on the screen, says, "Enter into his gates with thanksgiving and into His courts with praise." Now where are we trying to go? We're trying to get over here to the holy place, right? because that's where worship happens. Really want to get to the Holy of Holies, because that's where miracles happen, All right, But let's start back over here. You're coming back out. Here we go. How do I start worshiping? Be thankful. Enter into His gates with thanksgiving. If you're taking notes, write this down. Thanksgiving is what God has done. So you wake up in the morning, you don't feel like worshiping, Begin to make a list of everything God's done in your life. And suddenly, you're going to hear the gates start opening up. Yeah. Gates of gratitude, right? Matter of fact, here's what I've found. An attitude of gratitude opens doors in your life. Just be a thankful person. Be thankful for the job you got. Be thankful for the relationship you have. Be thankful for where God has you in life right now. Just be thankful and you watch doors open up. So Thanksgiving, make a list, and then watch, then you walk in, and then once you step into the court, that's when you begin to praise. Thanksgiving is what God has done. Praise is what God does. Like, this is what you do. You've been thanking Him for what He did for you, but here you just begin to talk about all the things that He's done. His mighty exploits and just start with creation and then go to the Red Sea and then just start... You see what I'm talking about? The Scripture says that, that even the trees praise God. Just by their very being, they're praising God. So gates is thanksgiving, courts with praise. Thanksgiving is what God has done. Praise is what God does. But when you get to this place of worship it's not about what he's done or what he does it's about who he is and that's when your worship goes to a whole other level because thanksgiving is selfish right thank you for what you did for me right? praise is still tied to what he does but worship has nothing to do with what he's done or what he does it's just who he is And when you say, God, you're good, you're not saying you're good because you've been good to me. You're saying you're good because you're God. And that's what the angels do. That's what worship is when there are no personal pronouns attached to it. You notice how we always, like, I praise you because of, I worship you. You don't hear the angels doing that. The angels they don't get they like, hey God, we've all voted us angelic beings. We've all gotten together and we drew straws and we've decided that we think you're holy. They They don't say that. They just say, holy, holy, holy. Worthy, worthy, worthy. True worship, and that's what the Father's seeking, the scripture says, True worship is when we're completely out of it and it's all about Him. And that is the language of heaven. To get to a place where worship is happening. I don't know how to do that. Start in your car by thanking God for what He's done. And when you're drinking your coffee before you walk into work, begin to praise God for those coffee beans that He created that you're sipping on right now. Keep doing that. And you will find yourself starting to move into this place of worship. Everybody say holy. 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 Also notice that the angels, the scripture says in Isaiah, we read it, they cried holy. They cried holy. They didn't just say it. They cried it. That means means from the depths of your heart, you're, ah, you're letting it out. Now, I was raised Pentecostal, and I like that loud stuff. You know what I'm saying? I like to just passion and worship. But I'm not just telling you that because it's my preference. I'm telling you that because it's God's preference. He says, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. Let your heart be so full of thanksgiving and praise that you can't help but it just bubble up out of you. All through the Bible, you'll see it says, shout to God. Everybody say shout to God, shout. Shout That was awkward. Shout to God. No, somebody say shout to God. Yeah, see, shout out loud, like let it come up out of you, You to be holy, worthy. Now you might have to be as loud as me, but just do it with all your heart to get to a place that nobody has to stand on this stage going, come on, let's worship. Come on, worship. Nobody has to do that because all week long. We've been thanksgiving and we've been praised. And suddenly, when you all get together and we're all in agreement with heaven and the church is bubbling up out of us, I can't wait till the day that our, our bells go off. Dong, dong, dong. People just went right, right into it. Let's go. Hold up. We hadn't even started the first song hey, Y'all sit down. Uh uh-uh, uh, man. I'm here ready. Into His gates of thanksgiving. Come to His courts of praise. I'm fired up. I'm ready. Let's go. What if we could live our life like that? In agreement with heaven. Speaking the language of heaven. And the language of heaven is worship. Worship. Why don't you say it with me? Say, holy. Holy. Even when you don't feel holy, He's holy. And even when you don't feel worthy, He's worthy. And that's what the angels and the elders are continually saying in eternity: "Holy, holy." That's about all you hear them say: "Worthy, worthy, worthy." Growing up, I would hear that, and I'm like, "That sounds very boring." How many? Would, yeah, if you just hear that, right, that for eternity, that's all you're saying, right? Come on, just be honest. How many would say that sounds? I don't. That doesn't sound like heaven to me. Just telling you, that's all we're saying. When you understand, though, that the angels are not just saying it, they're seeing it. And God moves, and the angels see another side of His holiness. And they go, holy! And He moves. Oh, did you see that? Holy! And He does something worthy! It's not holy. Holy! Holy, worthy. It's just God spinning and doing what he does. And the angels are seeing it. That's why it says that now we see through a glass darkly. But then face to face. There's going to be a day that you and I are not going to have the filters that we have. And it's just going to be you're so holy. And the scripture says in Revelations, I'm going to read you one last scripture. Man, how many felt that shift just then? Did you feel that shift in the room? How many felt it? You say you don't, aren't able to feel God. Yeah, you felt it just then. You know why? Because we're talking about Him. Look at Revelations. And then I looked. And I heard the voice of many angels numbering thousands upon thousands and ten thousands time. Ten thousand, that's a lot of angels. And then circle the throne and the living creatures and the elders and in a loud voice they were saying, worthy is the Lamb who was slain to receive glory, power and wealth and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and praise. That's what heaven sounds like, right? And then it says, And I heard every creature in heaven and on earth and under the earth and on the sea and all that is in them saying to him who sits on the throne and to the Lamb be praise and honor and glory and power forever. This is God's plan. That the language of heaven becomes the language of earth. So much that even the fish are saying, you're worthy. The Bible says that there will be a day that every knee will bow. And every tongue confess that you are the Lord. I don't know about you, but I don't want to wait to heaven. I don't want to wait until the camels are kneeling down, okay? I don't want to wait until the, the, the evil kings are bowing their knee. I want to do it right now. Because I have seen firsthand what he's done in my life. I want to be a worshiper right here. Anybody with me? Come on, anybody with me? Why don't you make a commitment today to start a lifestyle of agreement with heaven and agreement with one another. Why don't you make a commitment today to begin a lifestyle of thanksgiving, praise, and worship. When we do it, we're going to see the culture of heaven become the culture of earth. I'm fired up about that. Let me pray for you. For some of you, as I've talked about this, this is all new to you. It's... You've never been taught this kind of stuff before. Maybe you've never even started a relationship with God, much less feel like you can go into the Holy of Holies. But his script, the scripture says very clearly that He has made a way. That by the blood of Jesus Christ, you can come boldly into the throne room of God, no matter who you are or what you've done. This morning, before our early service, I met a, a gentleman that told me I was not raised in church. I don't know anything about church. This is, this is all new to me. I've been coming since January, and it's just all new to me. I don't, I don't know what's going on. And yet today, as I preach this message about worship, when I came to this moment and I asked anybody here who want to start a relationship with Jesus, I watched as his hand went up. That's why we do what we do. So maybe you've been a worshiper for a long time or maybe this is your first time. I want to give you an opportunity today to confess that Jesus is Lord and Savior to begin a lifestyle of worship. If you've never asked Jesus into your heart and given Him your heart or maybe you have but it's it's stagnant and you want a fresh start with Jesus right where you are. Is a sign of obedience and a sign of faith. Would you just raise your hand up high and just say, I want a fresh start with Jesus. Come on, up high. Hands going up all over the room. Man, that's awesome. This is why we do what we do right here. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. All right, everybody, let's all stand. Come on, stand up. Oh, man. <laughs> There's someone sitting by you that's just about to make an eternal decision with a prayer that they pray. And heaven's gonna rejoice. And I'm gonna join heaven. All right? Raise your right hand up high. Come on. Let it well up in your heart. Come on, let's make this right now. Everybody, repeat after me. Say, Lord Jesus. Come on, everybody, say, Lord Jesus, I confess that you're king today, I want you to be my king. I give you my heart. I give you my life. I give you my soul. Forgive me of my sins. Cover me with your blood. Fill me with your spirit and help me to live an overcoming, abundant, and eternal life in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Come on, shout amen today.